0: Welcome to Voices for the New Age with your hosts, Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Each week, our show explores topics you've wanted to hear about with a focus on better health, wise leadership, and spiritual connections to help both your personal and professional life. Now, here is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Welcome to Voices for the
1: New Age here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Juna Wotan, and with me here is my co-host, Steve Sokolow.
2: Welcome, everyone.
1: And our guest today is Atala Toy, who is a nature spirit photographer, an interdimensional communicator, excuse me, a communicator, and the author of Nature Spirits, Spirit Guides and Ghosts, and Ghosts, How to Talk With and Photograph Beings of Other Realms. Adela seeks out and photographs the images placed in trees and rocks by artists and life forms of other realms. And this specialty field is known as nature spirit photography. And through her photographs, Adela brings the separations that exist between our human realm and that of some of the beings who coexist with us here on earth, but in other dimensions. Adela has a growing personal collection of thousands of nature spirit photographs begun back in 2003. Some of these and their individual stories are available for view on her website at www.adolatoi.com and on Instagram at Adela Toy Nature Spirits. It's an honor and privilege to welcome
3: you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Juna and Steve.
1: And how did you get involved in photographing nature spirits?
3: Well, uh, I was up at my summer, my family's summer place in New Hampshire, and a gnome came along and asked me if I wanted to take a photo of a, a wood elf. And I I'd never talked to a gnome before, and I had never taken a photograph of a wood elf. So I went, sure. And that was the start.
1: Uh, how, did you see it with your physical eyes or your clairvoyant eyes? Or
3: well, uh, when you're doing uh, interdimensional work and you're connecting to other realms, it, you shift the frequency that you're working at, and then you see them. Um, at that time, I saw them as like um, a specter, you know, a uh, vibration. Uh, as I got, have become more experienced, sometimes I can see them. Uh, in a, you know physical form in their dimension. If I move into their dimension, I see them as real and I see humans as specters. So it depends <laughs> upon what frequency you're relating to.
1: And please explain how the spirits can manipulate the bark of a tree to sculpt a heart or a face or an animal image.
3: Right. Well, uh, there are many uh, different cases, Juna. One of the, you can talk about the actual spirit of the tree or rock. And when, uh, let's talk about trees, when they get to a certain age, they've been around humans a lot, or they have aspiration, just as humans have aspiration to be something more, then they uh, might uh, project onto their uh, canvas, which is their trunk, an image of themselves. That's one way that it can occur. The second way that it can occur is if someone such as a green man or a wood elf or a lady of the forest uh, is using that tree as their home base, in which case they will put an address marker on that tree of their image. And that uh, image and that tree serves as like an antenna from which Uh, They have a, like radio waves that go out. It goes out from that covering their entire territory. Whatever happens in that territory, they sense immediately and they're there. So it's um, an antenna system. And then uh, another way that will happen is that a group of uh, nature spirits will use a tree or a rock As a base, uh, for instance, as a council tree and a council tree is where beings from all the different um, energy, nature, spirit areas come together, just like we have a court and they decide on uh, issues. Anybody can bring an issue there and it'll be decided on. That's another one. And uh, yet another one is interdimensional artists. And sometimes people like to sculpt mm-hmm. on uh, trees or rocks a story. And um, I have on my website a number of those that are really fascinating. They're love stories and they're stories of um, uh, Indians and nature spirits helping each other. So quite and, a few ways.
1: And uh, what about to um, to restore harmony if there's been some sort of tra- traumatic event like a battle or or something like that in on the land?
3: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I recently moved um, to the Kennett Square area, of Pennsylvania, and this is an area that was founded by Quakers, uh, and they. Uh, for many hundreds of years, led a very peaceful life. But in the middle of all that, there was one major battle and that was the Battle of the Brandywine in which thousands of American and British during the uh, Revolutionary War were killed. Now, what I discovered here is that these discordant energies sink into the land itself and uh, they need to be harmonized. It's the nature realm that works with the land to harmonize and bring balance back. So I have come across a number of trees that are not as old as that battle, but they contain in them images of British soldiers, uh, Hessian soldiers, uh, beings who were here in an aggressive way to uh, offset the peace of the area, and their images are are being held in the trees to harmonize that energy uh, and bring peace.
1: Wow. Uh, So uh, you mentioned uh, gnomes and elves and uh, green men, and so is there a spiritual hierarchy?
3: Actually, uh, there is a hierarchy in a way. There uh, are what um, some people call devas. They're the people in charge of different areas. And uh, the devas are in charge of everything that goes on in their territory. Uh, and that's the flower fairies, the tree, the tree beans. There are also other life forms, just like um, on earth, we have people doing different jobs, you know, judges and police and farmers. Uh, In the nature realm, it's just just as complex as ours, just in a different frequency. So there are people doing other kinds of work. And there are green men, and they are the philosophers and the teachers and warriors of the uh, realm. Uh, And you will notice uh, Celtic green men always have um, uh, leaves going back from their face. And um, on my website, you actually can see some photos of green men Uh, in trees and they have lying back from their face, this what they call facial armor. It looks uh, like trees or uh, leaves or bark. And uh, the green men explained to me, I have a number of friends who are green men. I I really enjoy those, them. And they were explaining that it's kind of like a peacock in a way. Uh, When they're at rest, the facial armor lies back and is very attractive to the opposite sex and is just very good looking. When they uh, want to show off for someone of the opposite sex or uh, they might bring the leaves forward, which we see in the cultic plaques. And then if they go into battle, these leaves come all the way forward and form facial armor around their face. So, and I have photos of these situations, so.
1: Wow. Uh, So are there nature spirits in the city?
3: Oh, yes. Uh, For many, many years, I lived in New York City. And I love going to Central Park. The um, nature spirits there are very, very strong. They feel very responsible. It's a limited area. And they, as they explained to me, they have a lot of people to take care of to bring back into balance. That's why people love to go to Central Park. The nature spirits there are very, very strong and very friendly. Um, one of the strongest type of tree there are the London plane trees. And these are trees that were formed originally, um, they were hybrids in London, and uh, they can survive uh, pollution. And they have a lot of I- images in them and are found in cities around the world. So yeah, very, very nice people there, Beans. Uh,
1: but uh, living in the city, Sometimes there's so much uh, construction and such a disregard for nature. Uh, how how can we help uh, the spirits when um, you know trees are being cut cut down uh, mercilessly?
3: well um juna uh, there are two two aspects there <clears throat> if you happen to be in an area and you know that they are going to be cutting down these beautiful trees or these these trees for have to be moved out of the way uh it really helps a lot if you will go out before that event and offer Uh, a message uh, directed to the nature spirits, to the deva, of the area, to the trees, and let them know that this area is going to be uh, cut down and that they should please move everyone who can be moved out, out of the way, and let the beings who can't move the ones who are the spirit of the tree know that uh, what's happening so they can stay there, make peace with themselves. Um, I, in, uh, in various of my consultations, have had to go to places where um, uh, people have just wiped out the whole forest without any uh, thought about it, made it black, bare, and then built up houses. And in that case, I uh, found uh, enclaves of nature spirits, like uh, they're in a refugees camp. They might be collected around a narrow little strip of water or stream or swamp. And um, I need to go in and help them to locate a place somewhere where they can come out and find a a better way of living. So what we do in our realm affects their realm. And we need to be more more thoughtful.
1: And uh, Steve, uh, anything you want to Chime in with
2: so, so. As you talk about nature spirits, are you also talking about spirits that exist in water or primarily in plant in plant life? Uh,
3: no, in, in water, I, the water spirits are delightful. I, I love them. They're um, a lot. The ones that I've met have they're tinkly, and <laughs> I in and we have. There's one pond uh, with a very nice construction. It's like a a crystalline construction that goes up above the pond where the uh, nature beings live and, and they were having a wonderful time. And they have a very light energy, the ones I've met. Of course, there are other ones, you know, you have the ones in the ocean and all. And then the little ponds in the Midwest where I met them, very charming.
2: I, I live by a, a man-made lake, but the energy uh, is very uh, peaceful and it's palpable. And uh, now that you've uh, raised my awareness, uh, I will be expressing my appreciation to the uh, spirits that are there.
3: Oh, they'll <laughs> love that. And if they answer you back, don't be surprised. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but now earlier you mentioned you know battles affecting um, the land and affecting the trees uh, in uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, by Tolkien. I don't know if you've seen that series. Love yes. It. Love it. Well, of course, in the ultimate fight of good against evil, it's the ants that right. shift the balance and ultimately let light prevail on earth. And I think of the giant sequoias. I think it's like uh, when you when mother nature is really uh, aroused, watch out.
3: Right. Definitely, and uh, you know, there's much made in the Lord of the Rings about uh, how the uh, uh, nature realm left humans and went into their own place. Well, uh, this actually um, has um, a connection to us in now because we're at the end, as I'm sure you both are aware, of an age of spirituality uh, at the lowest point of the Kali Yuga, and we're moving up and becoming more aware. And as we're becoming more aware, we're coming into the same frequency that the nature spirits and beings are working at. So these two worlds that separated out are beginning to come into connection with each other again. So uh, this communication and work uh, in community is gonna become more and more important in the coming centuries.
1: And how might a nature spirit ask for human help if the land is distressed?
3: Um, All right. Well, there are two things. First of all, when I take people out, I remember once when I was showing people how to communicate with tree beings uh, and we came back and I asked how everything went. And one lady said she didn't have much success. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, I went up to the tree and said, I'm here to help you. What can I do? And I went like, uh, no, that tree's been around here for over 200 years. It's more like, what can that do, tree do to help you? So uh, in uh, they on their side can help us and we on our side can help them. So it's meant to be a mutual partnership. Um, and, and that's what's going to be happening in the future.
1: So uh, more give and take and...
3: Yes. And out of respect, you know, and, you know, throughout society right now, we're all, there's such a drive for respect for every aspect of consciousness. And I'm just waiting for the time when we get around to nature and we start (laughs) offering the trees and the rocks and the plants, the respect they are due for uh, maintaining a beautiful quality of life on earth.
1: Uh, Do you ever give them offerings? Like, candy or something or
3: no not really uh what i usually do uh, i have a like a contract with them and my contract is uh to go to a place uh i stand at the entryway and i let the spirits know that i'm here to take photographs and prove that they exist to humans Mm -hmm. and uh and so that's the give and take that uh we have on their part If a human helps them, they have to um, say thank you. And uh, I have uh, had some interesting things we'll go into at some point. All right.
1: Wonderful. Our guest today is? Atalatoy, who's a nature spirit photographer and interdimensional communicator, and the author of Nature Spirits, Spirit Guides and Ghosts How to Talk with and Photograph Beings of Other Realms. And you can contact her through her website at www.atalatoy.com or on Instagram at Atalatoy Nature Spirits and join her Facebook group, Nature Spirits Around the World, where you can share your own images. And we're going to take a short break. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if you could feel better about yourself? Is it time to change your
5: life's direction? Juno Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at juniverse.com or via email to junawotan at me.com.
4: Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in.
5: Dr. Stephen Sakolo is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership, CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching, as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sakolo is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Soccolo at slsoccolo at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website
4: at cfel.org.
0: You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to one 866 472 5788 That's one 866 472 5788 Or send an email to Juno Wotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolo You're
1: listening to Voices for the New Age. I'm Juna Wotan, and my co-host is Dr. Steve Sokolow. And our guest is Atala Toy, author of Nature Spirits, Spirit Guides and Ghosts, How to Talk With and Photograph Beings of Other Realms. And before the break, we were talking about how uh, humans and nature spirits have a symbiotic relationship, and um, that if if you do a favor for nature, and they will say thank you or uh, want to help you in some way. Uh, do I, did I get that right, Adela?
3: Yes. Yes, Juna. Um, as we were uh, discussing when... Um, what I've learned is uh, there's a a code of um, graciousness uh, in the nature realm, maybe a bit stronger than in the human realm nowadays. And uh, where if you do a favor for uh, a being in the nature realm, they need to say, thank you. That's their protocol. That's very, very uh, stern with them. And the same thing, if, if you feel that nature has done a favor for you, some way you need to thank them in a real way, not just a piece of candy, but, you know, just saying, I'm going to, um, uh, I promise I'll go out and meditate on the water for one week or, or whatever it is. But when I first started out, I was walking through the woods and I came upon a place where um, it was a very... Uh, beautiful ferns and I love ferns. Fern fairies are tinkly. They're very tinkly and, and and laugh a lot. And so I was enjoying them and I turned around and I saw uh, up in the hill a little leprechaun and he was sitting on this moss bed with it very dejectedly. And uh, and I said to him, so, so what's the matter? And he said, well, he said, I need some help. This place is very messy. And so I laughed and I said, well, you know, pick it up. And he said, no, you don't understand. I can't do this. I need you to come help me. So I went over to see what it was. And uh, over the center part of this little uh, leprechaun elfin village, there were uh, five um, uh, poles, saplings that had crossed over and over there central point and uh, he wanted me to help them help him move it and he said you humans are the hands of the uh, nature world we can't move things physically we need humans to do it so that really taught me a lot and what I did um, I came back the next day to help him move it I moved them out of the way now uh, that night it was a full moon. And when I came back the next day, the whole place was just listening and clean and uh, vibrant. And the uh, nature beings had all been celebrating <clears throat> the night before. So um, I, w- I was going on my way. And then all of a sudden my mm-hmm. inner team um, said, you know, he hasn't thanked you. And I went, what? And they said, well, he was being punished because he's the one that caused all those branches to go across it and he had to get it fixed. So uh, he said, so I said, oh, okay. So their elders brought the little one to me and uh, asked me what I wanted. Now, my team said when they do that, what you want to say is I don't want anything other than for you to teach me more about you, about you and your world. And they were so delighted when I said that, that for the next hour, I just sat down and they were communing with me and showing me all about their world. So, um, you know, that's, that was my, my favorite story about uh, working with the nature spirits.
1: Uh, Steve, do you want to comment on that?
2: Uh, well, I've been thinking about um, the issue of climate change, you know, how uh, our behavior Uh, impacts on the world of nature and then how the world of nature uh, is reacting to these forces, sometimes very violently and sometimes with great upheaval. Um, Can you add your perspective on the issue of climate change as it relates to nature spirits?
3: Well, I have pondered on that a little, and the only thing that I was getting back was that the the nature their job is to take care of the nature. The world from the nature point of view, and they're drawing the very best they can to counter all of these changes that we are bringing about and climate change is only one, you know, paving over all the woods with concrete is another one going on for ages, and what they did say is that, you know, above all of this is Mother Earth. And she has shaken off humans many times in the past when they have misbehaved. And there is nothing to say that she would not shake off uh, humans if we, if we really are out and almost to the point of destroying her, she can take care of herself very well. So
2: I have the same perspective. Yeah. Uh, and
1: uh, you've been talking a lot about frequencies and as a, uh, Energy healer, I understand that everything is vibration, uh, but our listeners might not understand that. So, can you a little bit talk a little bit more about that?
3: Uh, yes. Well, in the descent from uh, spirit into matter, uh, uh, consciousness goes through a lot of different changes. There's light and there's sound, uh, and as um, energy comes down. It can only perform from spirit so much at its level of being before it has to create another level that will take care of the more grounded uh, points of view. And every time there's that change, there's a change in frequency. It's becoming more opaque and dense. And when we are down here, uh, we're the solid physical form, the result of all of this. So potentially inside ourself, we contain all the other levels going up to source. And it depends upon what we choose to learn about and identify with and refine in our own consciousness uh, what we can um, communicate with. So if you just turn the frequency a bit in your um, own consciousness, you can connect to uh, a different life form. And what I explain to people is it's kind of like when you're at a cocktail party and you're having a wonderful time talking to a ballet dancer. And then all of a sudden you turn your attention, you're talking to a rugby player. Well, you are not at the same type of consciousness with each of those uh, beings. And when you want to talk to a green man or a fairy, you're just making a more radical adjustment in your frequency.
1: Wow, that's great. Uh, Steve, do you want to say anything about that?
2: Um, Do you have any suggested techniques for, in effect, raising or shifting your frequency that uh, facilitates that process?
3: Yeah, thanks for asking that, Steve. Um, There are a number of different ways. Um, I uh, really recommend learning dowsing uh, for a number of years i was on the board of the american society of dowsers and uh, dowsing uh, you use a pendulum or you use rods and you're you're using a map and when you start out you're uh, learning to to ask a question and get an answer like a is it raining out you know is it will it rain tomorrow uh, and you're you're feeling how the pendulum is shifting in frequency as it's finding the accurate answer, and from there it's just a, another point where you come in and you called body dowels, where you don't use a pendulum, you just ask the question, and then from there it's just another step where you just uh, you can automatically shift your frequencies and go in. So the best way um, is dowsing or meditation, reflection, prayer. When you're praying, uh, you're asking for help from the universe and who's you after you ask for help to listen when the answer comes down and accept the fact maybe that the angel's talking to you and instead of saying, oh, that's just my imagination. So it's just gradually refining all these processes.
1: Yes, or Reiki, too, is a way of, of yes. becoming more sensitive. But on the other hand, when you really develop your sensitivity, uh, how, how do you uh, cope with uh, just some of the harsher uh, elements of this world?
3: <laughs> I uh, you know, it's like you have a lot of doors inside that you open and close mm-hmm. and uh it depends upon the kind of work you're doing. For instance, when you're doing Reiki, and I'm a Reiki master. Uh so I learned like many people do, it's a wonderful introduction is Reiki that gets you in a scientifically acceptable way to to learn about frequency. And uh when you you go hmm. Now, where were we talking about? I got uh,
1: just uh, you're very sensitive, and you can uh, talk to beautiful fairies. But then, uh, you know, then there's the. People with the bulldozers.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So uh, it's just a matter of uh, refocusing your energy. Uh, now I've reached the point where I can talk to people and also talk to the angel that's standing behind them or the fairy around. Where you just keep broadening and broadening, broadening your consciousness to include all of this. And it's this is a craft that humans are more and more going to be able to do as the uh, centuries go on here, as we move up in frequency
1: uh and so getting back to uh living with nature uh if someone is having trouble selling their house could there be a spiritual cause to that problem oh.
3: Oh, I have to tell you, I have one favorite story about this wonderful family who brought me in because they simply could not sell their house. And they are a Jewish family, right? So when I came in, I was told to ask them, you didn't bury a St. Joseph upside down in your yard, did you? And they said, well, yes, as a matter of fact, we did. I said, but you're Jewish. And he said, yes, but but they say that if you do that, that you know you can sell the house, <laughs> Joseph will help you sell. And I went, well, it doesn't quite work like that. And uh, what you need to do is sit with the house. First, thank it so much for uh, protecting you all these years. And then ask the house, who does it want to have coming next? And so we sat down, uh, this couple and I, and we talked to the house and he, it was very specific. It wanted a family with two children. And, uh, and, he, and it was upset that nobody had asked it after all these years of taking care of this family, you're just gonna get rid of me without even asking what I wanna do. And you know, it was just really insulted. So, so after that, we talked to him and, and two days later, they got a bid on the house. So, you know, it, a house, if it doesn't, if it's not cooperating, it, it doesn't want to get sold. When it comes in, it just sends a vibration to whoever's coming in. Oh, this house is dirty or it's, you know, not the right one. But if you like the house and it's the house come, somebody comes in who's the right person, that (laughs) house right away is going to make them feel like, Oh, I just want to live here. So it's all working with a house, another life form you want to work with.
2: You, you've raised a very interesting issue. Normally, when some of us think of sentience, we tend to think of um, things that are, are organically alive. Um, but you've raised the issue of sentience, of rocks, of houses, of things that we don't normally think of as having sentience and consciousness.
3: Right. And I have brought this up to many a religious person when I've discussed with them and who say that they see God in all humans. And I went like, okay, do you see God in a, in a chair?" Well, that's not you know, alive. Uh, that's, and I went like, "Wait a minute, if God is everywhere, That means God is, or spirit, let's say spirit, because some people don't believe in, in God, but spirit or source is in everything. There is nothing outside of source. Therefore, if there's nothing outside of source, it is also inside a chair, a house, a rock, a glass. It's inside, everything is composed of source. And all you need to do All you need to do is just shift your frequency through the heart. So I always meditate. I recommend people uh, focus on meditation in the spiritual heart or the Buddhist mind. Uh, And uh, when you come in there, you can relate to this other object from the point of the heart, from the point of source, and communicate with it. Now, at the beginning, you might commune. There is uh, a universal translator inside the heart. And when you go into the heart and you communicate with the heart of another uh, life form, you uh, can either hear or see or feel or know, depending upon your qualities. Uh, or um, I get the information when I was writing my books as a, a Merkaba, full bottle of energy. And inside that energy, there are all of these lines of communication that have been created on that topic. And then I just string it out. I take one line and string it out and explain it to humans who are very linear. You know, our writing form, we have to have linear. So they're all, you know, all of these aspects that have to do with the fact that everything is of the one source.
1: And so we're just about out of time, but is there, what would be the first step for our listeners um, to do to either get in touch with their local nature spirits or their soul of their house?
3: To go into your heart and to do it work from love, from a state of love, and then to offer your love to your house, to the nature spirits and, and let them see that you come in a non harm to anyone and that you wish to work with them for the betterment of the earth. And that's the start of all communication.
2: Uh,
1: Steve, anything else that you I want to I just want to th- thank
2: you for broadening my perspective and perhaps those of others. We talk about having an open heart and the capacity of the heart to love. And uh, you've given me a, an even broader perspective than I had prior to our interview with you. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Steve. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Juna.
2: And
1: our guest today has been Attila Toy, author of Nature Spirits, Spirit Guides, and Ghosts How to Talk with and Photograph Beings of Other Realms. And you can contact her through her website at www. AdelaToy.com and on Instagram at AdelaToyNatureSpirits. And join her Facebook group, Nature Spirits Around the World, where you can share your own images. And we're going to take a short break. And when we return, Dr. Steve Sokolow will interview me about my book, Karmic Healing, Clearing Past Life Blocks to Present-Day Love, Health, and Happiness. Don't go away
4: become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America what if you could feel better about yourself
5: is it time to change your life's direction Juna Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at juniverse.com or via email to wotan at me.com.
0: Listen for Go to Health Radio.
5: Dr. Steven Socolow is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching, as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sakolo is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Sokolo at slsoccolo at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website at
4: cfel.org.
0: You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Wotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juna Wotan and Steve Sokolow.
2: Welcome, everyone. This is Steve Sokolow here with my co-host, Juna Wotan. Juna has written a number of books, uh, one of which is called Karmic Healing. Uh, Juna, over the years, you've guided thousands of people to explore their past lives. What are the benefits of this process?
1: Well, it has many benefits from the more superficial realms to very deep transformational uh, Processes. So, um, on one level, it could just be a way to learn about yourself. Uh, For instance, one woman um, got in touch with her past life as a cowboy out on the range, and she, afterwards, she shared and said, "Oh my God." That explains why I like, I love the rot gut coffee, you know, the coffee that's been on the stove for three days that nobody else will ever drink. So it's sometimes it could just explain those quirky little things that we all have, but on a deeper level, it, uh, can help, um, heal, uh, help in healing an illness or help in, uh. Uh, releasing a block to receiving love. Uh, For instance, uh, one woman came to me who said, "Uh, I I don't know what it is, but I always, you know, what's wrong with guys? They never want to make a commitment. And so um, I said, well, maybe it has something to do with you. And so in her past life, what she saw was a, very happy past life in which she was a pioneer and she was happily married with two children. And one day she was off, I don't know, uh, picking blueberries or something like that. And while she was away from her home, her house was raided uh, by a warring tribe and her family was murdered. And when she returned to her house and saw what happened, she was so devastated that she saw that, uh, you know, basically because there was no therapy back then, she basically um, died of a broken heart. And what she saw was it's not safe to love. It's not safe to um, have, a, have happiness in a stable relationship or a family. And so when she got in touch with that, because when you get in touch with that root cause, that decision, that trauma, and can release that, then a space opens up that's more uh, free for you to move on to greater happiness. So that's just one example, but it can also help you release fears of death if you've lived before, you've died before, and so it can also help with that. And it has many, many other benefits as well.
2: Many people, uh, I think, speak of uh, having been a famous person or meeting a famous person. Uh, in your process of working with people and revealing their past lives, have you encountered, you know, historical figures such as Cleopatra or some other very not, not, noteworthy human beings?
1: No, uh, <laughs> because that's not the purpose of this work. The purpose is. Uh, Not to look back and say, oh, God, uh, back in that past life, you know, I was somebody important or the good old days. No, it's about uh, healing yourself, knowing yourself and knowing that you're not your sparkling personality. You're not your body, but you are a soul that is eternal and divine. Then you are on an evolutionary journey to um, gain wisdom to love, to grow, evolve. And that's really your purpose. It's not really about gratifying your ego in some ways or imposing uh, a limitation on yourself.
2: How does the process actually work? Uh,
1: Well, in a regression session, uh, it's done through hypnotherapy in which... You go into a very deep, relaxed state where you uh, have an expanded state of awareness, and uh, then can connect with your authentic self or your soul essence. Um, or in a crystal dreaming session, it's uh, the the crystals uh, help in uh, amplifying your. A pineal gland, and so it helps open your third eye, so that you can actually recall and remember a past life. And I've I've worked with both, and again, people have these extraordinary results because they can, they're in a state of expanded awareness. They can see the bigger picture, the state of uh, an evolutionary journey and be able to let go of limiting beliefs of old emotional uh, traumas or scripts and have more fulfillment in this present life. And that's what it's really about.
2: It sounds as though you're talking about a relationship between our past lives having an impact on our present lives. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Because sometimes... uh, Barriers, just as uh, I shared before about the woman who lost everything and made a decision she wasn't going to love again. Uh, And so you can then uh, release that and also reprogram your subconscious mind with positive suggestions and empowerment to know that you don't have to repeat that pattern over and over and over again, but be free to uh, uh, move into a new state of consciousness.
2: Is there a way to do this other than having a past life regression?
1: Yeah. yeah. One, uh, As I talk about in my book, um, one way is to look around your house and notice that uh, if you're drawn to a certain culture. Um, I had one gentleman who was of uh, Italian uh, background uh, who – had a great collection of samurai swords, and he had a really strong code of ethics. And um, what he got in touch with was his past life as a samurai in Japan. Mm. So sometimes just things that we're drawn to, certain foods that you might love or hate, um, can give you a clue. Um, And also the people in your life. Did you ever meet someone and immediately you're attracted, you're friends, you can almost answer uh, each other's sentences. Uh, So that's also an indication.
2: Thank you, Juna. That was very interesting.
1: Okay. Well, um, and I just wanted to mention we changed our format from astrology to this because uh, I got a request. uh, Why doesn't somebody interview me? So thank you, Steve, for doing that. And now now Steve will give us some tips on how to be a wise, empowered leader. And so over the years you've guided thousands of, so do we need to understand the openness, that openness is a core value for empowering leaders?
2: Yes, openness is really uh, key. Um, Openness is an attitude that allows the best possibilities to emerge for you and your organization. When you're open, you see, hear, and experience things that raise questions or lead to possibilities. Empowering leaders foster openness as they do with many other things by modeling. it Uh, By being open to the infinite potential in themselves and others, empowering leaders help those around them to tap into their own potential to create and find fulfillment.
1: But um, what if you're not involved in an organization, but you're say a leader in your family or you're a just a, yeah, yeah. Or a the, leader in your, uh, in this, your work. For, the your same
2: princi- principles apply because families are systems just as an organization, is a system. And, you can have a very stagnant um, environment in your family or you can be open to the changes that are occurring as people are growing and learning and having new experiences. And the more open you are, the more you're inviting those enriching experiences into your lives and the lives of your family members.
1: And why should empowering leaders be open to many things?
2: Well, the first thing Uh, an empowering leader needs to be open to is change. Uh, Whether you're looking at the cellular level in our bodies or at the galactic level in the cosmos, there's one constant, it's change. So change is always with us. We we really need to get used to it. And when an organization or a family or a culture, uh, people have to be encouraged to come forward with new ideas and initi- initiatives. And uh, the openness is the energy that fosters change and vitality in any system.
1: And it's so important right now with um, uh, just the Saturn-Uranus square that's saying everyone makes some changes in your life. So it's, it's really quite timely. So you're
2: reminding people this is an especially potent time to be open to uh, new things coming into their lives and new ways of seeing things.
1: And how can openness maximize growth and creativity?
2: Well, leaders really need to stay open to new possibilities. Empowering leaders understand that growth is fundamental and it's essential for improvement. The reality is that to learn a new skill or set a new direction for your life, You have to be open. We need to learn to expand our circle of openness. And that means, what is it exactly that we're open to? And then if you do that, creativity and growth will follow.
1: Why is openness the key to creating infinite potentiality?
2: Well, I look at openness as a switch for actually turning on your own potential. We have the potential for growth, for happiness, for success in our personal and professional life, and for our connections to others, but it all starts with a willingness to be open. Fear is the enemy of openness. We need to transcend our fears to realize our potential. Fear causes us to constrict, openness allows us to expand and become the best version of ourselves over time.
1: And uh, we're just about out of time. Is there anything else that you'd like to say?
2: Well, uh, we talk about uh, creating open systems. So an open system is one where there is a two-way flow of information, not just from you to others, but from others to you. And as a leader in your family or in an organization, we have to be clear about where you want to go, but then open to letting other people find multiple paths for getting there. So leaders can give people's experiences that will allow them to become more open. And the more open they become, the more open the system will be.
1: Thank you, Steve. That was Dr. Steve Sokolow, author and the executive director of the Center of Empowered Leadership. He's available for lectures, media appearances, workshops, and coaching sessions. And you can contact him at www.cfel.org. And you've been listening to Voices for the New Age here on voiceamerica.com. Steve and I will be back next week with Belinda Farrell, author of Find Your Friggin' Joy, Discover Missing Links, from ancient Hawaiian teachings to clean the plaque of your soul and reach your higher self. Thanks for listening.
2: Thank you, everyone. See you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Voices for the New Age. Please join your hosts, Juno Otan and Steve Sokolow, next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can't wait to share more about your better self next week.